Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap, Fightful.com, here with a name you know. But I'll tell you where you don't know him from uh, any interview he did with me in Chicago because he big-leagued me. He said, you didn't come interview me in my hometown, so I'm not doing one with you in Chicago. But it's Tom Lawler. He's on Bloodsport 7, October 22nd on Fight. Tom, how you doing? I'm doing good, Sean. I don't know if that's exactly how it went down. Don't make least the DMs. Because I don't think I said I wasn't going to do the interview. I think I just pointed out the fact that the week before you had been in my hometown of Las Vegas. Well, I guess, I guess, you know, if you're not in the WWE and you're there for SummerSlam, you're not a big enough star. So why would you interview me? But uh, I said, finally, well, here we are. Well, we I'm on a show for you, finally. Do, do you remember when I came up to you at Black Label, Thro- Black Label Pro and I threatened you? I put my finger in your face and I was like, Tom Lawler. If you don't do an interview with me before Bloodsport, I'm going to slightly inconvenience you by making you kick my ass. And you're like, fine, fine, we'll do it. And here we are. And here we are. And Anthony Green looked at me like, that's a bad son of a bitch. Actually, actually, uh, Josh Barnett threatened, well, he asked me, which I just, I'm uh, like, I don't want to say I'm scared of the guy. (laughs) I am. But I am. So he asked me to do the interview. I was like, yes. Yes, sir. Please. There, there was one time I was scheduled for an interview with Josh Barnett, and I called the number that was provided for me. And a person who sounded just like Barnett answered the phone twice and said, this is not who you're looking for. It sounded just like him. I called that number back a third time, and he answered. It was, yes, it was the strangest thing I've ever experienced, or he was just busting my balls. And... <laughs> 
I'm too intimidated by him to even ask. But well, well, now we now we have it out in the air. So I'm sure exactly. Somebody... So you got Bloodsport coming up. I mean, I I love this format. I love this. I mean, so many people who who came up training MMA or catch wrestling or anything like this is probably how they train. This is how a lot of people learned how to wrestle. And uh, this is, I think, like the purest form of of the, the wrestling MMA hybrid. And you're, you're here working blood sport. You're against Alex Coughlin. How do you feel transitioning? I know that you, you left your gloves in the ring after your last MMA fight, but you transitioned to pro wrestling. You're one of the, the hottest indie wrestlers out there right now, if you can even call yourself an indie wrestler, because you're, you're working everywhere, but you're under contract. How are you balancing all this? How have you liked the transition into full-time? I mean, it's to me, it's all the same. I mean, I have to look at it uh, in a very similar way that I did to MMA. Uh, it's just that now I have a lot more chances to try to get myself over. Um, <laughs> the downside now that I'm back on the road is that, like you can see, I'm back on the road. So yeah. uh, travel sucks. I've lost weight, uh, you know, just from being – who knows where all the time and surviving on coffee. What's, um, your, what's your walking weight right now? Oh, yesterday I got on the scale. So uh, the last uh, MLW show, I'll tell you what happened. Alex Kane, the suplex assassin, uh, questioned me when I said I weighed like 205. Ooh. Right? He said, no way. He said, you're at least 215, 220. I said, dude, buddy, there's no way in hell. So I got on the scale when I got home. I think I was like 206 or something. Wow. So, uh, this past week, I didn't sleep very well on uh, one of the nights. My sleep schedule's all screwed up from traveling. And, uh, you know, that affected my eating habits. And, like, I woke up and I checked my weight. It was 197. After oh, wow. It was after morning. But after lifting weights, it wasn't like a cardio workout. But, Do you think yeah. the exaggeration of weights in wrestling for so long, like, has caused people to be surprised? Because, like, I asked EC3 one time, and he's like, man, I've never been above 225. He's like, and my Wikipedia lists me as 250, and he's a big jack dude. But I mean, as we've seen, the most athletic MMA fighters are usually not 300 pounds. They're, they're never 300 pounds. What am I talking yeah. about? They're never that big. Yeah. Well, all I, I mean, all I'll say about it is go watch like matches of mine from current day, current time era, knowing what I weigh now, and look at the build weights of some of these other guys when they go out there and wrestle, you know what I mean? It's like, there's no way that they're within spinning distance of, of what I weigh. I dwarf them, but on paper, it'll be like two pounds difference. So. And then when you, you move over to pro wrestling, like riddle used to fight at 170. Now he walks around at like 210, 215. Yeah. No, he's, he's probably a legit 220. I would bet 220, 225, but he's like, he's taller than I am. He's like six, two, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he's got a greater uh, chance to get bigger. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, I just get wider and fatter, so I don't look as good. You know, he's got a leaner frame, a V-shaped torso. Um, you know, I've been told that my features are too deep set to be considered classically handsome, and he seems to be quite a heartthrob. So, uh, you know, I hate to compare myself to so Bloodsport 7, you, you get the call to do your, 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 these Bloodsport shows. How are you feeling? Because obviously 
Coming from your background, this had to be something that was in your mind already before the first time you ever did one. Yeah, the I love these blood sport shows. Um, they are. It's one of the things that, like, if you are a wrestler uh, and you hang around on the uh, in the locker rooms, these are the shows that all the wrestlers want to be on. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's for the wrestlers. It's uh, a matter of prestige to a certain extent, you know, um, Josh Barnett is, as we talked about earlier, he's, uh, no nonsense. Uh, he's a tough guy and he likes tough wrestling and, uh, to be chosen to be on it is kind of a a badge of honor. And, you know, even with, you know, the mixed martial arts accolades I have, um, even with, you know, being in the UFC for, uh, an eternity, you know, being on these shows is still like, it means something to me. You know what I mean? Um, I'm sure if I went out there and stunk up the joint on these shows, I wouldn't be back on them. You know what I mean? Uh, but I've been lucky enough now. I think I might, I think I might've had to, there was one or two I may have had to miss um, due to other stuff. Uh, but I've been on a, a good portion of them and uh, I'm very, proud, very proud to have been on them actually. Is it? Yeah, it's your sixth one. Uh, Cobb, Grimm, uh, Homicide, Walter, and Davy Boy, I think. Unless I'm missing one. And then this will be your sixth, I think. I mean, that's – and you were on the very first one. You were on – went back when it was Riddles. I think I was I think I was going to miss the um, – maybe the WrestleMania one that didn't happen, and then I was lucky enough to get ah, on the, yeah. the next one is maybe, maybe what it was. Um, but like I said, I mean, like – it's a badge of honor, you know, uh, it's awesome to be chosen, uh, by Josh and and especially, uh, not even if you're like just a pro wrestler, you know, without MMA fights like Chris Dickinson, I'm sure it's an honor for him, but even coming from an MMA background, it's an honor for me as well. And I just mentioned like the wide array of people that that you've worked, like Simon Grimm, one of my favorite WWE live memories is watching him and Chad Gable chain wrestle in the ring. And I was like, man, this is, this is rad. He's phenomenal. He's one of these guys that if you are a fan of wrestling, like you want him more places. You know what I mean? Like I would love to see him pop up at more spots. And then you face people like Homicide, who people might not look at and say, blood sport, Uh, maybe, yeah, blood, less sport. But like, how do you walk in and out of the transitions of that? Because I mean, that one was one of your longer blood sport matches. And it was against a guy that a lot of people don't assume traditionally works that style. Yeah, well, I mean, I've been accused uh, also in the past of not working the traditional uh, <laughs> style, uh, you know, and, and having more spots in some of the matches. So um, it's it's tough, honestly, to uh, try and, and blend it all together and, you know, have somebody believe um, that there's, there's a fight going on. There's You don't get – it's weird. Like the, the crowd, you don't get the suspension of disbelief. You know, they're not as willing to accept. You can't go out there and just do a bunch of high spots. Like the crowd, this crowd's not going to want that. I think that, I think if somebody did that, they would get booed out of the building. Um, and I, like, honestly, every match that I have now, um, I kind of view it as, like, a challenge. Like, how using, like, mostly mixed martial arts techniques to a certain extent, you know, legitimate techniques, how can I uh, get, like, the best match with this person uh, that I can? And when I look at it like that, I mean, it doesn't 
like make the mental transition hard. It makes it a challenge. And I think that that makes me better, you know? Um, even in like fighting, I always like these weird things. You know what I mean? Like uh, I fought John Volante, who was like, I was a middleweight and he's like 250 pounds. So to me, that's like a freak fight. So it's like stuff like that really excites me. You know what I mean? One of the things I love most about seeing somebody with MMA experience is how they'll take like simple holds that you see in wrestling every day, like like a rear chin lock. And if an MMA fighter's doing it, you'll see them adjust it to where it's more like a jaw lock or a rear naked choke. You'll see them like throw a hook in as opposed or just put a foot in front of the hip. That way the opponent can't sit out. Things that maybe you don't see from people who don't train that where you're looking at them and you're like, well, why wouldn't they sit out? Why wouldn't they turn into it? Why wouldn't they try to, to, to rock backwards or anything like that? I know that you were doing pro wrestling well before most people knew about you in MMA, but like what parts of MMA have you taken and applied to pro wrestling that are common sense to you, but maybe aren't widespread in wrestling? Yeah. If you watch uh, a lot of my matches after it's simple stuff. Like uh, if I hit a move and um, the opponent kicks out a lot of times I'll immediately go to a hole. You know what I mean? I'll transition into a hole. I very rarely make covers without cradling or grabbing an arm like I'm going to move to the next thing because that's what I would do in a realistic situation. Um, one of the things that I realized pretty early on when I started, uh, you know, back on the scene wrestling was that, you know, there's all these guys who can do high flying. There's all these guys who can do, um, you know, creative uh you know, spots on the mat, you know, big head, head drops and stuff like that. But, um, I can't do that stuff. <laughs> like I can't go and do a backflip. I wish I could, you know, but I can't. So I had to do stuff that's different. And one of the things that's different is if you watch guys make covers, they'll like, no weight really, on the shoulders. You want somebody to believe that you're, you're trying to win this contest. You know what I mean? Like, you've got to actually act like you're trying to win. You've got to put your weight on them. You've got to cradle them. You've got to try to pin them. You know how hard it is to pin somebody for three seconds? It's very hard. You'd be flopping around like a fish, even if they're, you know, on Dream Street. So, like, that's one of the things that I think I do that's, I mean, it's better than what most people do because it's more realistic. So, um, you know, I think that's what, if I could pinpoint one thing, like, that would be probably it. That is one of like you mentioned the cradle and like weight on somebody's shoulders. That's one of the things that drives me nuts. Like watching WWE and not saying I can wrestle better than any of these people, but I'll like, they'll do the roll up all the time and the yeah. weights all on somebody's ass. And I'm like, why, why isn't their shoulder up? Why aren't they getting a shoulder up here? Like that's the point of that is to stack them. And I, I see so many MMA fighters and wrestlers that are like, that's just second nature. Like you put the weight on the shoulders, you, you prevent them from kicking out like yeah it's 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 common for that well uh that's not the only thing you're you've been working lately you're right now you're at the new japan tapings as mm-hmm. we as we film this and you've been like working there heavy the last year and to me new japan strong what i see there is like that's what i always hoped that like nxt would become like this great like thing where you see a, a bevy of styles a a wealth of different experiences. You'll see big stars pop in and out of there. And it's become like one of the, the best shows, best wrestling shows every week. How has that experience been for you? 
it's funny that you mentioned NXT in the same breath because uh, I don't know. I don't know if it was somebody in New Japan who made this comparison, but essentially, I mean, what New Japan Strong is, if you look at it, is it's like the the New Japan version of NXT, but it just so happens to be here in the States. Now, luckily, right now we have, you know, with unluckily because of the global situation, uh, luckily there's guys like Jay White, uh, David Finley, Will Ospreay, who, you know, don't have the opportunity to go to Japan right now and uh, are here, you know, or, you know, like, it, so, it was shocking to me when Kenta was there, and then I was like, wait, why wouldn't he be there? He lived in America for several years, and it, it worked out great for him. Yeah, and, like, I mean, as terrible as the situation has been um, for New Japan on the Japanese front as far as uh, being able to get fans in the building um, and stuff like that, it's helped, I think, in a way over here because we've been able to get the stars uh, Tanahashi, I mean, like Tanahashi's been here. Suzuki is here currently, you know, doing his U.S. tour. Ishii, so uh, um, Ishimori. I mean, there's yeah. there's just so many guys that are that are here that I don't think would be here otherwise. So in one way, it, it's been awesome. Um, and for me, obviously, career wise, it's been great. Um, if you look at New Japan Strong, I like to look at it as like the Team Filthy Showcase. Every- <laughs> It's not like that every week, but there really are uh, some like interesting. I think I think the show the show is awesome. Obviously, I love it the is. show, um, and I'm like as proud as I am to be on Bloodsport. I'm just as proud to be part of New Strong. You know, I love this stuff. And every week you get good matches. Uh, you get you can watch the rise of the guys in the dojo right now. You can see them growing up, like Carl Fredericks, Clark Connors. Um, Ren Narita, uh, and soon to be, I'm sure, Alex Coughlin, uh, who I'm going to face next week at Bloodsport. Um, you can watch those guys rise up through the ranks. And you can also see, you know, the stars from Japan. You can also see guys like veterans like myself, Kratos. Uh, Fred Rosser you know, has really, Ross- like, nobody expected him to show out the way that he has. And he's had an incredible yeah. run there. Yeah. I don't know what the the age of these guys is but i'm pretty sure like myself fred kratos rocky uh i'm pretty sure we're all kind of in the same age bracket oh, yeah. rocky's think, old as hell he's no he's like a year or something older than me maybe old, we're the old same as hell. old as hell <laughs> i think we're the same age but uh like there's really it's tough to call myself a veteran but age-wise i am <laughs> But there's, you know, a good crop of everything. You get everything. Mysterio. So, uh, speaking, speaking of your career. Leo Rush. Oh, I love, love Leo's work there. I think Leo's work there is what truly led him to being able to land a deal with AEW because they saw what kind of work he could do consistently, and he's killing it. Uh, yeah. When you see him backstage, it's like he's, he loves being there. I mean, I don't know. I, it looks like it. <laughs> it looks like Workers work, brother. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so uh, speaking of your career, about two years ago in November, it was announced you had signed a multi-year deal with MLW. It's been multiple years since then. What's what's up, Tom? 
Did you trick? Did you trick me into this interview? Is that what's going on Maybe. here? I mean, I'm trying. I'm trying to be the contract guy these days. Are, are you going to be? Are you going to be eligible to discuss um, contract stuff soon? That that may be the case. <laughs> I think I think it is. I think that is the case. So, as far as New Japan goes, is that like per appearance? I don't really think I'm at liberty to discuss this. Uh, Sean, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I mean, you might be one of the hottest free agents on the market soon. And, and you're just sitting here like all coy about it. Like, like, man, I'm, I'm a prize fighter. You are a prize fighter. That's a a good way to put it. So you started the interview kind of asking about me laying my gloves down, but I've never officially retired. I know you Cody Rhodes did. (laughs) <laughs> little do you all know this is this is tom's way of securing his own reality show on tnt listen i'm gonna get through Bloodsport and yeah, alex you, Con- you do right so i can't be counting my chickens before they hatch that's true that's true i'll find, I find that somewhere i'll find out somewhere else that's, that's what i'll do but right now i want to play a bit of a game filthy or not filthy with tom lawler i'm gonna list you some maybe filthy people in wrestling, and you're going to tell me if they're filthy or not. First off, the Nasty Boys, Brian Nobbs, Jerry Sags, they're not filthy, but they're nasty. What What do you think? Yeah, they're filthy. I mean, they very, picked, they picked very a fight with Ken Shamrock. I know. very, And you know what? Ken Shamrock, years later, powerbombed me on the floor of a bar in Atlanta against my will. So I don't know if I should thank them for going after him or if I should blame them <laughs> for it. So, so, but I like, you know what I really like? I like their outfits oh, and I love buddy, stop. Buddy. So, filthy. Are these filthy or not filthy? Look at these bad boys. Look at these. I liked it so much. I've got some similar style vans on. Yeah. Some- oh, oh, buddy, you're gonna you're gonna piss off Top Dollar. <laughs> oh yeah, Did you- that's fine, dude. I drive a minivan, Top Dollar. Come find me in the kids' parking lot. <laughs> Top Dollar's coming after you. Uh, <laughs> dirty Dutch Mantel. He's dirty. Is he filthy? Mm. You know, the last time I saw saw him, Uncle Zeb. Mm, not too filthy. Really? Was he cleaned up? He's still got the beard. He had the beard, but he had like a well, he was well dressed, you know? Okay. What yeah, about dirt? We've also got Dirty Dick Slater, maybe more more of a legend in. Didn't he do some really uh, kind of a dirty dirt ball kind of probably, guy? Probably. I'm not that. I'm not the historian yeah. here. So uh, well, let's go with. Dirty white boy Tony Anthony, who is also known as T.L. Hopper. Yes, yes. Coincidentally, what are my initials? There you go. But here, here's my issue with it. Is he really filthy if he's looking to clean people's, like, septic systems and all that stuff? Like, doesn't that sort of go against the filthy well, nature? <laughs> if I remember correctly, he looked like he was simply cleaning them for the pleasure of being covered. True. So maybe that was the motive behind it. It wasn't necessarily for monetary gain. 
Yes. Or, or even to help out the other people. He just wanted, you know, he's like a, like a, like a killer. You know, the people are going to die eventually anyways. Of course. Then we've got right. sick Nick Mondo. Sick. Is he filthy? He filmed me getting my hair cut once. That, that's pretty cool. But uh, he, he's a videographer now. He does all kinds of stuff. He was a deathmatch guy. Yeah, what kind of videographer is he? I don't know. He is did, it, it was adult? It was that, no, is that AEW? I mean. Oh. Well, he's probably <laughs> too filthy anymore then. No, he's, he's actually. Probably... He's very, like, straight-laced. and Yeah. You would never expect it. Nah, not filthy. So the only other non-blood sport thing I want to ask you, I was looking through your cage match profile. I do it for, for shits and gigs <laughs> just before every interview, and I see <laughs> I see uh, June 24, 2006, J.P. Oh. Ace and Tom Lawler against Kip James and Ron Killings yes. in Cocoa Beach, Florida. I am yeah. made of questions right now. <laughs> Lay them on me. Oh, I've my gosh. We need to get the blood sport, but I got I got some time. Oh yeah. So as I see, you had had you had matches like as far as a year ahead of this, which I'm assuming you had plenty more before that. But so if I had matches that I don't know, I don't know why they don't show up on there. You know, there's probably like 20 other matches. Yeah. I think by the time I had already had a WWE tryout as well. Okay. At like by the time I had that that tag match. Yeah. I think that was one of my last matches uh, before I was fighting full time. Think you, think, I you'll, in, think you'll have any more this year? Huh? Well, think you'll have any more uh, WWE tryouts this year, or do you think you'll sign directly? I think I'm well over <laughs> the uh, age limit. Oh no! I, I'm 38 years old, bud. Um, <laughs> so I was in a tag team with JP Ace called the Down Boys. Ooh. With a Z? Yeah. No. Oh, come on. No. But we used to come out to Warrants where the down boys go. Okay. Right? That was, yeah, big baby face team on the indies back then. Actually, like, our, my matches against Buck Quartermain and Lex Lovett. I remember Buck Quartermain. Are, are they on there? Because there was a hot series of matches going on uh, around the Tampa area back then between the down boys and Lex Lovett and Buck Quartermain. They were on TNA uh, a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. Buck Quartermain was working construction one time. <laughs> I was working at a bar. I saw him. So cool. <laughs> but yeah. What, what else do you want to know? So, I ended up running, uh, Kip, the, I, I believe they were the James Gang or something at that yes. time. Out at, at the Cocoa Beach like pavilion. And I remember this succinctly, not only because we – essentially got squashed in the match uh, and they wanted nothing to do with wrestling us. But uh, some asshole in the crowd threw like a D cell battery. At oh us. no. Like those things are heavy. <laughs> yes. It's like big ones. Dude, we're like a job for tag team. It's not like we're in some blood feud. With these guys who did anything to the crowd. You huck some a fucking D cell batteries at, at poor kids. Fuck. I never had that happen the ufc or blood sport oh so how are how were kip james and ron killings to work with because i mean at that point they're under contract to tna but they're still making making their dates uh their indie dates they took care of us oh really we i don't think we got much offense but yeah i mean it's they certainly didn't like 
take advantage of us under any means. They're swatting nine volt batteries out of the air as they <laughs> as they with it. <laughs> battery, I know that. <laughs> oh, I was just so I just love it. It's like that's the third match on your your cage match profile is like oh you know just just a former NWA champion and a guy who was in DX. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, I always used to love like. Because there was a lo- uh, period of years where I didn't watch wrestling at all. And I'd like, you know, I started watching it again. And our, our, our truth was like in the main event scene, him and the Miz. Yeah. Tag team. And, and like, I would tell my ex-girlfriend at the time, like, look, I wrestled that guy. Like, I lost that guy. <laughs> I was so proud of it. So but, at any point during your UFC run, did you say, oh, maybe let me go wrestle a match or something like that? And if so, how did they respond? Yes, that happened. Not well. Uh, in a managing gig for Red Dragon uh, in Ring of Honor that that, uh, Court Bauer set up. My man Court set it up way back when. So that was like 20... I remember hearing a scuttlebutt about this. 2013 or 2014 or something like that. Uh, They had a a match against the Young Bucks, two out of three falls. I managed them to victory. It was an awesome match. Uh, yeah. And then I was set to, uh, they were going to have me manage uh, Red Dragon, like semi full time. I believe it was going to be like at pay per views and big shows. Um, and the UFC yelled at me for it. I was told not to do it. So, I mean, yeah. I, I know, there, quite frankly, with things in your MMA career, there's been a lot of moving the goalposts as for things that have happened to you and then how they happen to other people which is kind of weird because now Masvidal's out there cracking Jericho in the face with a knee. Uh, yeah. And Dana White's like, Dana White's like, huh, what that's happening. Oh, okay. Bet he had fun. Like, I mean, that's, yeah. does it, does it surprise you? Or is it just one of those things that's like, well, I had to, I had to crawl so they could run. You know, at the end of the day, <laughs> I mean, I just got to be honest with myself. Not a big enough draw. I didn't make- enough money if i did things would have been different they would have they would have stuck behind me they would have sucked my dick like they do some of the other guys and that's not what happened they in fact did not suck your dick that yeah, didn't certainly happen. not that isn't what <laughs> happened but uh you got blood sport seven october 22nd on fight you got alex Coughlin. You you faced him before. You've you faced him, I think maybe last year in New Japan, or maybe it was earlier this year. And it was even before Strong. It was New Japan Lions Break Collision. There you go. So what are you how are you looking for this to to adjust, maybe be different than that that? Well, like the whole time while uh when names are getting announced for Bloodsport and I would see matches announced uh by Josh on Twitter. It's on Twitter. It's not like like, I don't know that anybody knows the matchups before he announces them. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody's nobody's clued us in. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, who's it going to be? So you see a match announced, oh, it's not going to be one of those guys. Uh, and you start wondering who it's going to be. And, you know, I'm looking at the list of guys. And this is a guy that over the past, you mentioned over the past year, probably it's been a little bit more than that, maybe a year and a half uh, since we faced off. This guy's grown tremendously uh and i know that he's done work with josh uh i have been able to witness firsthand the training that uh they do under shibata 
And I'm sure that, you know, he's going to be more than first. I know he, I, I mean, I know he's more than well prepared in, uh, you know, legitimate fighting style and, and fighting arts. Um, this guy is like strong as a horse, uh, pound for pound. He's probably the strongest guy, I think, on the entire New Japan roster. New Japan strong, the main roster included. Um, he's out there corralling, lifting two guys at once. He's just got phenomenal, phenomenal strength, uh, which is very, very tough to deal with. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. But I have experience on my side. Um, One of the things that's good and bad about Coglin being in the position that he's in is that, you know, in the, in the young lion system, you're kind of, you're restricted in a way as to the offense that you can have. And I'm not, so I'm going to have a <laughs> great variety of techniques uh, to throw at him. His basics uh, and his fundamentals are going to be off the charts through the roof, uh, but it's not going to be enough to carry him in this contest. He, I know, because he tweeted about this when the match was announced. I was the last guy he wrestled before he injured his neck a oh, year ago. Yeah. Oh, I'm just going to go. 
right back after it. You know, why would I do anything different? Also on that card, you got Marina Shafir against Masha, two, two women, one looking to prove something. Another one just got signed. You got Davey Richards on the card, J.R. Kratos and Calvin Tankman. I'm, I'm ready for that sirloin yeah. beef sons of bitches fight there. What a what two monsters! That's like that's better than Godzilla and Kong. I'm ready for it. I mean, yeah. I'm so ready for it. And then Eric Hammer against Bad Dude Tito. Uh, not not even to mention that Josh Barnett facing somebody who's also looking to prove something in uh, yeah. Tiger Huas. It's it's such a really good card. Oh. Go ahead. Sorry. Isn't Minoru Suzuki on the show? Yeah, I, th- I think some guy I, named Minoru Suzuki is on the show. Yeah. Uh, is Dickinson on the show? Yeah, yeah, he's on the show too. No. Yeah. Uh, there's some other people who ha- who haven't had their matches announced. So not only you yes. know the matches mentioned, but there's there's more matches to come. Yeah. So excited for this! I love this. And f- for a guy like Carrying Cross, who stepped in there, and a lot of people didn't know what he was actually capable of within that world. A lot of people get their eyes opened, and they're like, "Oh my God, he just killed yeah. it with Davy Boy Smith Jr." And Davy Boy Smith Jr. Right back in the WWE, and it's like. I mean, he did good stuff in MLW, but he's done awesome, phenomenal stuff in Bloodsport. You know, it seemed like that really brought the best out of him. Bloodsport 7, October 22nd on Fight. You guys need to check it out. Who who would you like to, like, if you could bring anybody, whether it be MMA, amateur wrestling, uh, pro wrestling, anything like that in, one, just to beat their ass, two, another <laughs> one, Another one that you'd like, I'd like to test myself against them. I mean, it, beat their ass would be Brian Alvarez. Okay. Okay. Right. That's Fair. an easy one. Right. Uh, I mean, listen, test- listen, if you want to create less competition for me, I'm not going <laughs> to stop you there. I like Brian I, just fine, I, but. I, I tried to have you guys fight it out at Black Label Pro and it didn't go down. Oh, it was man, very it didn't. Funny. I don't think yeah. a lot of people realize that Brian is like a legit black belt. Like, yeah, he's very good. I'm old with him. It is very uh, funny to me when I'll see like trolls on Twitter, and I'm like, no, he would choke you unconscious in like less than a minute if yeah. he wanted to. There, there's no one that I really like that I want to test myself against. You know that's, what I mean? That's like the headline. I'm sorry. I'll be, I'll be honest. I'm in it for the easy payday. <laughs> oh, like throw Beetlejuice or somebody at me. You know, like that's who I want. But but I would love – there's a bunch of people I would love to bring in or see fight in Bloodsport. Or, you know, there's matchups I would love to make. Man, see, I got to go for the salacious yeah. headline. What do you want the headline of the first article to be? <laughs> we, we, had Tom, one, we had one today that was that said Tom Roman – Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Fight in Bloodsport, Sean Ross Sapp versus Pat LaProd. Oh, good God. <laughs> I thought that went under the radar. Jesus Christ. My God. Keep up on the dirt, man. Worked, worked myself no, in the shoot would, there. You know who I would love to see is, uh, on, a, on a serious note, uh, is Shuri from oh, Startup. Shuri Kondo, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, UFC veteran. I would, I would like to consider myself the... U.S. version of Shuri, but I'm not even close. So, oh, <laughs> but yeah, another UFC veteran uh, who's doing awesome in the pro wrestling ring, like one of the best in the world. So. I can't wait until things open up more because, 
I mean, when I saw things maybe not going her way in the UFC, I was like, man, she's gonna she's gonna come back over to wrestling and she's just gonna kill it. And then I, I feel like she took a booking, um, maybe before her UFC deal was up, and I was like, oh. oh, she's got her mind on it. She's got her mind on it, and she has been killing it. Yeah, yeah, she's been phenomenal. I've been watching Stardom uh, the past few months, and you know, I think it's it might be my favorite wrestling to watch you know, out there. I just think it's a phenomenal product. Guys, again, Friday, October 22nd in LA, you can go to bloodsport7.eventbrite.com. Josh Barnett's Bloodsport 7. Tom Lawler, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me, even though it's not in your hometown of Las Vegas. Yeah, no problem, Sean. I had a great time. You think I wanted to interview Jinder Mahal instead of you? Uh, I would like to Jinder Mahal. He was good. I asked him yeah. about Aryan Buhler. Uh, that, that, remember uh, yeah. when he, he was supposed to do a walkout with Jinder while he was, or Jinder was supposed to do a walkout with him. That's at right. That point. And they nixed it. Or no, they no, no. The hurricane happened and Jinder had to get to his house. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, maybe he could do it in one. Or maybe, maybe that's the tie in with AEW. Maybe Jinder's going to make the jump so he can walk out Arjan Buhler on he's, one. Buhler says he's been in talks with WWE and AEW. Sure, yeah, he he's he's got to be uh, a pretty big star over in India, I would imagine. We're sirloin beef sons of bitches. I'm here for it. I'm also here for Bloodsport Seven. Tom Lawler, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm, and I'm going to be there at Bloodsport Seven for Alex Coglin, and I'm going to rip his head off again. Why? So threaten, threat, that's murder. This is admissible in court, Tom Lawler. I'll tape it back on right. like it's Dumb and Dumber, and he's Petey the Bird. <laughs> Until next time, guys, we're out. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.